Welcome back to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Macy. And I'm your co-host, Aaron Manis. Aaron, take it away. I said I would give you back the reins. Go. Oh my God, I got it back? Yeah, you got it back. You got it back. You earned it. Okay. Oh my God, breathe, breathe, (laughs) breathe. Okay. I can do this. Uh, All right. Three, two, one. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast not only about photography, obviously in the title, but about mindset and creating our strongest and most powerful tools that we have, which is our mind and our ability to uh, weather all the things that come towards us. So when our guests come on and when we talk on our own, we are always talking about photography and things like that. But we, again, are constantly trying to tie it into how to become the best creator and how to stay sane in this space. If you find value in any of these listens, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, That really helps our podcast spread around and, and shares the ideas and thoughts that we have. And it's a big help to us as well. We appreciate that. And finally, before we start the show, we wanted to give a little recap on what you're going to hear today. We had Ian Jones on for the Again. fifth or sixth time. Somebody count uh, it. me tell us. I, before we even start, and hopefully he's chuckling here, but for God's sakes, every time his microphone's seven feet from his face, he's plugged <laughs> into like seven different inputs, he has eight different outputs going, his office is clean, but his audio oh, interface is is garbage and i i swear this is the last time ian if you're listening that if you don't come on ready to rock with your headphones attached and your microphone attached and in your face we're done so with that said it was a great episode and ian was uh, a pleasure as per usual he tells Mm -hmm. an awesome story about working with mr beast uh, and how that um came together and and even became a thing. So it's a really cool story in terms of, I mean, a huge social media giant uh, he got to work with and kind of sharing some of the inside uh, tales of what that process would look like. Um, You guys know Ian at this point. He's a great dude. Uh, He's got a lot going for him. And we like to have him on the show Mm -hmm. uh, often. Uh, I feel like it's a, it was a chill talk. We were pretty relaxed as we tend to be with, someone that's been on multiple times uh, and it, it felt good. It felt very natural. It was a great conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's a funny guy, but like people know at this point, he's also incredibly insightful, incredibly smart with generating opportunities for himself. I know I'm embarrassing him cause he's listening really hard worker and, you know, has a lot of uh, good mindset principles that, uh, that he shares throughout all these different episodes. And uh, the whole episode wasn't just about Mr. Beast. I like how we turned a, uh, turned a corner at uh you know, the mid midpoint of the episode, got into some deeper concepts. You know, I think we talked a little bit about um, again that concept of being really great at something, running your own race. Talked a bit about managing stress, what gets us stressed, things of that nature. I'm sure there's some jokes slipped in there. I was laughing a couple times. We had some delay issues, but hopefully, I get those sorted out in the edit here as we go. <laughs> and uh, you guys complimented my hair a ton. It's looking extra lavish today. Oh, so shiny. thank you. Healthy. Shiny. Yeah, it's feeling really good. I'm going to cherish it while I still have it because you never know what two, five, ten years can bring. But enough about my hair. I enjoyed chatting with you too, as usual. And yeah, uh, before we get into today's episode, just a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're off. 
Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a moment to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor, Tamron Americas, one of the leading manufacturers of high-performing lenses specially designed to cater to every photographer's unique needs. They have an impressive range of lenses available for Sony, Nikon, and Fujifilm mirrorless cameras, as well as Canon and Nikon DSLR mounts. Their commitment to delivering exceptional quality, performance, and value is truly commendable. Some of you may be wondering what Tamron lenses I have in my bag. I have the 24 to 70 millimeter high speed standard zoom lens, a personal favorite, the 100 to 400 millimeter ultra telephoto zoom, a 150 to 600 millimeter ultra telephoto zoom, a 18 to 400 millimeter all in one zoom, and a 28 to 75 millimeter standard zoom lens. Whether you're a seasoned professional or a passionate hobbyist, Tamron camera lenses are designed to exceed your expectations, and you can trust them to deliver cutting edge technology and superior craftsmanship. To explore their impressive lineup of lenses and discover the perfect match for your camera, head over to their website, which you can find in the episode description. Alternatively, you can visit your nearest photo retailer for a hands on experience with Tamron lenses. I think you said it last time, like people for a little bit were always expecting you to be off the rails, but uh, people have noticed now you, you're quite insightful. You always have a lot of insight and uh, you recently had an incredible opportunity. I remember you text me right away. You were so excited about it. And I was like, who, who are you shooting for? <laughs> I had no idea who, you know, you're, that you said I'm involved in the project with Mr. Beast. At first you said, I can't talk about it. But then you told me and I was like, Apparently, I should have been blown off my socks, and I was after I researched who that was, essentially the biggest creator on YouTube, right? I'm sure you can elaborate, uh, but you said you were involved in the project, and you were super excited, and uh, I feed off the excitement of my my good friend, so it was awesome to see that, and this episode is going to sort of be about that. You were working actually with two giant creators. One of them is your, uh, your buddy in Pittsburgh. We can talk a bit about him, but... Uh, Let's uh let's go through the story because Aaron and I are gonna hop in. We're gonna have tons of questions, and I think it will be insightful. You know, working on a uh, a big project for social, like not even marketing or <laughs> commercial, just literally for you know YouTube or short form content. I mean, yeah, yes, you can monetize with ads and stuff like that. But tell everyone who, first of all, Mr. Beast is and how you got involved in this project. And let's fly through the story. I've already heard it. You called me on the phone. We talked for an hour, right? And you gave me the whole rundown. But uh, super proud of you, man. That's awesome. I think I told you that that uh, it was exciting to uh, see where this would would take you. And you know, you're always taking it up a step. So I'll I'll stop and give you the mic. No, it's it's funny that you said that because um, whenever I would tell somebody what I was doing or like what I'm able, like I'm going into, people would always be like, well, "Who is that?" And it would totally crush like the excitement. <laughs> you, like you'd have to like uh, explain. Like I, I called and told my mom, and she's like fifty five, six ish, and she had no idea who Mr. Beast was, but my ten year old nephew did. You know what I mean? Right. So like there's a mm-hmm. huge age gap there. So I, I understand what you were saying. Like you were like, oh, is is that a cool thing to do? And I was like, yeah, this is like a really cool thing to do. <laughs> I had no idea. I was I I don't know who Mr. Beast was. I don't didn't watch any of his content. I had heard him on Alex Fridman podcast because I love that podcast. I was like, oh, it sounds like he's a big YouTube creator, but I had no idea to that extent. Oh yeah. I mean he's he's pretty big. And it's funny because ever since I I got to do that job. And everybody I told about that ever 
since then, they just get um, ads and suggested reels from him and from his videos. So even like now, my my friends will like screenshot Instagram or YouTube suggesting his videos and being like, damn it, he's everywhere now. Like ever <laughs> since like, you, you talked about it. Right. So elaborate on who Mr. Beast is and how you got involved in this project and uh, and when this project was. So as far as I know... Mr. Beast is a YouTube creator who started shooting videos out of his bedroom in like 2012, I believe. Really? And they were very just shot on a cell phone, just bare bones, just stupid videos that really have no aim toward anything. He just like wanted to start making these YouTube videos. And then from there, it just kind of fast forward to being one of the biggest YouTubers alive like making mm-hmm. millions of dollars. It, it, it's just crazy. So it, it, from like one point to there to where he's at now, it's just like crazy. And I don't know how like that story got from point A to point B, but bare bones, he's just like the biggest YouTube creator like out there right now. Like I think, I don't know how many subscribers, but it's like a, like millions and millions of millions. Last that I heard, the biggest creator was PewDiePie. But I, Dude, I guess that I, ship is long I sailed. They're like neck and neck right now. I remember watching an interview of, of of Mr. Beast, and he said, "I learned how to make one viral video, and I just copied and pasted that scenario over and over and over, like that that theorem of hook, line, sinker, caption, what you're filming to your." Um, your video what your what is that the photo thumbnail yeah Yeah, your thumbnail thumbnail. Thumbnail. yeah so you just have one viral video and you just copy and paste it over and over and over and over and just make entertaining videos and that's just kind of where it's at now i mean his videos are insane uh, it's a $1 versus $250,000 yeah. vacation seven days stranded at sea offering people $100,000 to quit their job Exactly, but you're, you want to. Your face right now tells me you're like, "What the hell?" And you want to watch it. I can't That's wait to like hang up with you two and binge Mr. Beast. I I've done it. Like once I got back from that trip, I binged a bunch, and I was like, "Oh, I get it now." Hmm. I mean, I so wasn't run- like a Mr. Beast person until I I went there and like met him and did that stuff. And then I, then I started diving deep in the videos and I was like, Oh, I, this, you know, makes makes a lot of sense. So you keep referencing this project, run us through how that came to be, how you ended up on set shooting, you know, doing photography stills. Did you do any videography when you were there? Or was it all photography? I did. I, I did two days of photo and video. And then we actually had a videographer come in and he picked up from where I, from where I left off. Okay. So run us through how this came to be. Because this is my one friend, um, my one good friend Ryan. He he lives here in Pittsburgh, and um, he he does those like famous TikTok videos where he does the eggs and he makes pasta, Mm -hmm. and he like Mm -hmm. triples the yolk each time. Um, He's what like half a million followers on Instagram from making egg pasta. Thirty (laughs) eight million right now on TikTok or something. Egg pasta. I'm not trying to undermine it, but I mean, if you do. If you have high quality content just consistently for anything that's you know visually appealing, holy well, things can take off for you. I, I tell him this all the time. Like he he did something that wasn't being done 
mm-hmm. and he was like the first to kind of do something like that and continue to do it and it just skyrocketed because i i think he's only been doing this for three years maybe making egg pasta it's not a long time yeah like doing the egg videos for for three years and that's not a long time i like i I don't think for like creating content like that but he's his his videos have gone like viral all over the place and he's made like a he's made a lot of connections and he's done a bunch of stuff and i um I remember in an interview or a podcast, Mr. Beast said something. He, he's attracted to the word 10,000. There's something with the YouTube al- algorithm that 10,000 XYZ gets more views than something. Hmm. I can't remember where it came from, but I, I so I can't quote it directly. Mm-hmm. But on YouTube, the word 10,000 whatever gets a lot of attention. And I kind of correlate that because... Ryan was going to do his next double of, of eggs was going to be around the 10,000 yoke mark. And I, th- I think that's kind of where the conversation started between them. Mr. Beast's team reached out to him and they were talking to him and wanted to do this stuff. And he called me and he was like, Hey, I have this job that I'm going to go do this is cool opportunity. Like, do you want to come take photos for? And I said, sure. I didn't even ask questions. I was just like, yeah, like, sure. Like I don't really say no to anything. And then, um, he's like, all right, cool. I can't tell you too much, but I will, I'll be in touch. So I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a few days go by and he's like, Hey, I'm going to need you for four days. We're going to, um, North Carolina. I was like, okay, I can do that. He's like, I still can't tell you yet. So then a couple couple weeks or whatever goes by and he calls me. He's like, we're going to, I'm doing a 10,000 egg drop pasta with Mr. Beast. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, okay, like obviously I'll go do that. And then he's like, but we're going to need you for six days now. I was like, man, I was like, all right, this is still a cool opportunity. I'm still in. So that's basically where the opportunity came from. It's just right place, right time. Having like a, a friend that had like all this shit going on for him and he got the Mr. Beast opportunity and I felt honored enough that he wanted me to come take photos for him. So Man, that's there's something to be said for there's something to be said for saying yes to everything. I like that concept. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, right? I mean, a lot of uh, I think there's there's a time and a place to have no as your default when you're trying to free up time for yourself and you, there's just not enough you go to enough of you to go around. Yeah. You know, I found myself sometimes, you know, seasons of life where no is my default. But there's also something to be said for, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Like that can get you some some crazy places. Well, as far as saying yes to everything, I I wouldn't just say yes to just like a random email asking me to like to do a job. But if if you're one of my friends or and you have something cool, if you ask me to do something or or help, it's nine times out of ten, it's gonna be a yeah. And I'll just ask questions later and, and, you know, figure out what we're doing as it goes on. But I would have just said yes to like a willy nilly job of somebody. Right. I don't know. Understood. And what's interesting is, uh, people may have caught on. You didn't ask how much am I being paid? No, I, that wasn't even, I wasn't even worried about that. Worried just, because the opportunity is cool enough or not worried, you know, not worried because, you, you know, you have faith in your friend that whatever this, this opportunity is, is going to be really cool regardless, you know, why, 
you know, a lot of people, the criteria is how much does this pay me? Yeah. And there's something to be said for that too. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we say time is money, but you know, why not ask? I'm curious. I, I just didn't ask because like a few reasons he is my friend and I respect him and what he's doing. And I just feel like if, if he were to ask me to do something and my first question was how much am I getting paid? He's probably not going to ask me to do stuff after that. I just feel like that's a a shitty question to ask like right Right. off the bat for a friend. For the record, Mm -hmm. I'm not endorsing asking that immediately. Yeah, no, like for a friend. Like if a friend's like, hey, can you help me move a couch? I know you have a truck. And I'm like, yeah, sure. If my first question was, are you going to pay my gas? He would be like, because I'm just assuming he's going to give me pizza, beer, or gas, or all three. Those are the yeah. three essential payments for moving furniture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like just, but like if I ask the question for a friend, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it just comes off shitty. Like yeah. you wouldn't want to ask me to do stuff if you know. Yeah, I think there, I think that's a good deal. You ask me to do something cool, and I'm like, "How much am I going to get paid?" And you're like, "Well, this is just for fun." Then do I yeah, say, "Well, sure. never mind." For sure, right. I think it, it comes. You know, if if five trips to North Carolina for six days, and you, you know you're paying for your flight and all that, if it gets to that point, you're at some point you have to be like, "Do I like?" got to talk about this, but you know, off right. the bat to, to feel it out and to see what it's about. Like, yeah. It's a good friend. Of course you're doing a, you're doing a favor. You're doing a solid. You're going to hang out. Go, just going to go hang out. Going in if I need anything. Yeah. I do have a couch that needs to be Couple. moved. That is, I mean, that is like one of the worst things about having a truck is one of your friends will move. <laughs> that is true. Somebody will need something. Yeah. Hey, you got a truck? Uh, I got a whole bunch of aluminum scrap I need brought to uh, the town. Yeah. Can you uh, stop on by? Got a bunch of copper coils. (laughs) Cinder blocks in the back. (laughs) All right. So Buddy tells you it's six days now. Ryan is his name, right? We'll put uh, his stuff's awesome. I'm going to put his handle uh, in the episode description so people can check out who we're referencing. The egg pasta man. So... Ryan tells you it's six days now. He still needs you. You still have no idea what's going on. Pick back up. Yeah. Well, he, he did tell me it was for a collaboration that he was doing with Mr. Beast. With the oh, eggs. you did say that. You did reveal Yeah, that. he did okay. tell me after he said, we're going to need you for six days. So, I, I mean, I was still in. I mean, we had, we did have some conversations where I was a little bit concerned. Like, if I'm going to be gone for that long, like, you know, like, what are, what are we going to do here? And, and he's like, don't worry about it. Like your flight and hotel and all that stuff's going to be taken care of. So, you know, like, don't worry about that. I was like, all right, well, cool. If like, if those things are taken care of, then I'm, I'm super cool with whatever I, cause I just don't want to be gone for like that long and have to, you know what I mean? Cause that stuff adds up just for mm-hmm. something fun. Oh, but yeah. it turned out being way better than anybody had ever like anticipated. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, financially too. Be, yeah. Like more than you were. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, well, good. <clears throat> well, good. Well then it's a win-win. You didn't look like a jerk. No, it was asking. a win-win. And yeah. I have memories from that. It was pretty cool. I met some cool people. And that's the end know. of the story. We don't get more. 
I know. That's why I kind of Hell. I paused right there. Awkward <laughs> pause. Because <laughs> he was like, and it was great. And it was great. <laughs> and they served punch. And it was cool. <laughs> What's that? Would they serve punch and we had pasta? No, we didn't have punch. We did Dog, have pasta. There's probably some serious Mr. Beast fans of, here. I had a lot of fucking pizza, I'll tell you that. Pizza? Yeah, well, when you're like working on set for like four days for four hours a day, Seven. and all of a sudden just pizza comes in all the time, it's the easiest thing to feed people when there's like yeah. a lot of people working. So they're just like, well, here's pizza. And just more pizza. Pizza, pizza keeps coming. Yeah. All so right. Yeah, I want, I want to, I'm not letting you up the hook that easy. So you know it's Mr. Beast. You're involved in the project on that. What's your immediate reaction before you even fly out? I mean, are you thinking this is going to do great stuff for my career? Are you thinking, uh, you know, I'm grateful to be involved with a, you know, a well-known YouTube creator? Are you thinking I'm going to learn a ton of stuff, a mix of all those things? I mean, what's going through your head once you realize what you're going to be involved? Are you nervous? In? Are you scared? Yeah. Are you nervous? No. Are you- I wasn't nervous at all. I mean, I was stoked because it's a cool opportunity. I I didn't, I never once was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome for my career because I was, I mean, bare bones. I was there for my buddy. I was his photographer. So it's not like I had an actual collaboration with Mr. Beast. Like it was his thing. Right. But it still was cool to be there. Um, I met a lot of cool people and it's also cool. To, I mean, not a lot of people can, put a Mr. Beast picture on their grid. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. But as far as like resume building goes, it's cool that I could put that on there. Like I was involved with a job with one of the biggest YouTube creators like in the world, you know, like I got to meet him and talk to him and shoot video for them. So, I mean, that was really awesome. But no, I never, I never thought like this is going to skyrocket my career. I was like, this is just a cool opportunity, so I'm just going to do it and be thankful that right place, right time, and it just happened. Right. So now, it's almost like that accolade is for you know, personal reflection, personal achievement, rather than I can leverage this to get more for myself down the line. Was yeah. it a huge team? Did you feel like you're kind of in the background, or are you like right in oh, the so mix the first, of things? The first couple days, it was just me and Ryan, and I was taking photos and videos, and then Mr. Beast's team was there. It, it's kind of hard to explain because he has an entire team for YouTube content. So he has an entire team for long form content and he has an entire studio just for long form content, but he also has a separate studio and a separate team just for short form content. So if you're filming vertical video for Instagram reels or TikTok, that's in this studio. If you're filming long form YouTube videos, it's in this studio. All in the same building? No. Two <laughs> different ones. Like the actual YouTube studio is like as big as like two Walmarts stacked on top of each other. What? And Props where we were thing for sure, yeah. Where we were was the short form studio, which is probably as big as like a really nice barn. Nice. Stacked next to each other. But that's where we were. So there was probably, for the entire thing, there was probably maybe like a team of like 12, 13 people. But there was also a bunch of brands that like flew in too that Ryan worked with that mm-hmm. were also in collaboration of the video. So what was, your main, what was your main role there as? My main role yeah. was 
photographer, but then I also was doing video for the first two days. So I was doing photo and video for the first two days. Mm-hmm. So I was taking photos and filming behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. For, for, you know, in terms of deliverables, is this for Ryan? Is like that the, yeah. is that the subject? Yeah. Ryan, so everything I took and captured, I d- directly delivered to him. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then he made the content out of whichever he did with the stuff that he made. Mm-hmm. And then some of that stuff went to Mr. Beast's team and they, they shot their, well, they posted their like short form stuff too of, of the collaboration of the video thing. Very cool. Right. Elaborate more on the collaboration, like what Ryan was there to do and how you were, you know, like what was the whole narrative? You know, you said Mr. Beast wanted to do a 10,000 egg drop pasta, but give, tell us more about it. So the, the, the whole point of the whole video was, is Ryan was going to do a 10,000 egg yolk pasta batch pour. Mm-hmm. And it's, if, if you're listening, people may think this is confusing, but if they check out his videos, you'll understand. So the, the whole video was just a collaboration of doing a 10,000 egg yolk pour into pasta. And they made like 10,000 pounds of pasta. And Mr. Beast also has a philanthropy team. Mm-hmm. Ryan's whole thing is he makes a bunch of food and he donates it to food banks or homeless people. He, he doesn't waste anything. So it kind right. of worked together that way. So they made all that pasta and they donated it to food shelters and gave it out to people in need or homeless shelters or just whatever. Like there was nothing wasted. Like even all the egg um, shells were composted. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So like nothing went to waste at all. And all the egg whites, because they get separated, went to um, food banks too and like bakeries because they can use all that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. That's super cool. That's and so cool. when the when the video is done, um, I already know this, but what, you guys did something pretty cool. What part? The food truck thing? Yeah, tell us about the food truck. So they had, they got a they got a food truck food truck and they wrapped it in um, Mr. Beast and Ryan's pasta stuff and we drove around and handed out pasta out of it at a food bank and um, there was this egg company too called a uh, Happy Egg Company. And they had a bunch of uh, coupons that we handed out free eggs to people, like free egg coupons, not actual like cartons mm-hmm. of eggs. But it was like really awesome. I mean, like you do all that stuff and it makes you feel good, like giving away like food to people. Or I, I remember I was taking photos at the food bank and people who actually like were excited for free food and were, were coming to the food bank to get the pasta were happy. You know, it, it was just yeah. like awesome to to give back that way. And I wasn't directly giving back food, but I was like there and witnessing it and like being a part of it. It was really awesome. Like to help people. Yeah. I think it's the most maybe underrated, but most uh, valued way to feel value and worth and like true joy, you know, helping someone out and, and, and giving. So at any point in this, are you overwhelmed? Are you feeling like you're in over your head? Do you feel like you don't belong? Do you feel like you do belong? Are you just chilling? Not really. I, I was just chilling because I there were other people there that were around us on Ryan's team that were all kind of from like the same like boat coming in. Like this is the first time they're also doing this as well. So there were a lot of people that I was around that I could level head with. So like, no, I was never really overwhelmed. I, I was nervous 
for the initial egg pour just because it's a lot of eggs and a lot could go wrong. And I was watching Ryan stress out and he was like stressing about stuff too. So that situation was stressful, but I never felt overwhelmed. But I, I never felt like being around Mr. Beast or, or Jimmy is his real name. I never felt like starstruck or, or, or a certain type of way. Cause he was actually like really nice. How like so? when I first met him, he was awesome. That's Tell cool. us about that. Um, we were he's in a young studio. too, right? He's like, what, 25, 26? I think he's like 25, 26, and he's tall as shit. <laughs> like, you know what you see people in real life? and Yeah, they're Aaron. Like way taller than you. Aaron. Uh, we, were, we were in a studio, and he came in, and he had like four or five people with him. He came in to do like his part of the video, and he walked right over to us, and he's like, hey, my name's Jimmy. Nice to meet you. And he asked a few questions about us, and he was just like, Hey, sorry, I'm late. Like I'm, you know, busy doing this, whatever. And then he just like did his stuff, hung out for a little bit. And then he, he went off. But anytime I was with or around or interacted with him, he was very nice. Like he's just what you see on, on YouTube mm -hmm. in person. Like he's not playing like a character. That's he's nice. actually like a really cool real. Guy. Yeah. Did you, did you make him laugh? You're funny. Did you make him laugh? Any good jokes? No. I, Were you trying to land him? That was just very, it was just very quick. It was just, it was a quick thing. Quick I mean, maybe thing. if he went out for a couple beers after probably, but no, he didn't. He, he had to do like stuff with like Tom Brady on yachts and so I don't know if you saw that video. <laughs> oh my God. So he's leaving, he's leaving the eggs to go hang out with Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, clearly just a very busy person. I'm sure. Yeah. He's got to get that content. Do you ever wonder if it's like, God, what a like an endless grind. Right. I was just going to ask that. Does that look like it's enjoyable? That lifestyle, being a famous YouTube creator, making millions of oh, dollars. I got to think of something crazy. Yeah, like, Christ. I got employees. I got people depending <laughs> on me for their livelihood. I got big warehouses, leases. I mean, I don't mean, you only saw them for, I guess, I don't know, however many minutes you did, but could you get any sense of that? I didn't really. I'm, I'm I'm sure it's it's probably stressful at a certain extent, but like I don't know. Like we don't know the inner workings of all that. Like I just know from what I saw or what I saw, like seen and or witnessed. Right, so let's change the question. If that was you, you know, if you're responsible for all that, you know, would that be worth it? Because it kind of ties into the question of, you know, is being great often better than being the greatest? Oh. Right. It's just, you know, just being really good at something in person and progress and, you know, up in the bar for yourself, running your own race to a point where you're, you know, you're masterful at something, but you're not the best in the world. Is that better than being the best in the world? You know, I often think I about like this. The, I feel like being the best in the world would be more stressful than being great. Right. So is it worth it? That's the world at something. You have to continue to be the best of the world. And if you slip from being the best in the world, people will judge you for not being the best in the world anymore. But if you're really great or the best, you're kind of in the, a pool of other greats and best. Yeah. Which can if hurt the ego, sense. I guess. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure to be at the top of your game because which, which way can you go? 
it's you like can maintain or go down if you're the best. Like, well, it's like the argument with like LeBron or or Michael Jordan, who's who's the best of all time. But there's probably like four, five, six people underneath them that no one really talks about that they're still good, but they're also doing good things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like let's not even say the best. I mean, Instagram, perfect example. There's thousands of photographers better than all three of us here. Oh, by you know, far. The rock climbing gym. There's always going to be a climber better than you. She's always going to be a faster runner than you, even at a non-elite level, you know, sub-elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the question is, um, can you still find and how can you find enjoyment if you're struggling with this and just being really, really good at something you care about? And allowing yourself to be happy for those that are better for better than you in the same class or tier while still striving for more. I feel like at that point you're your own competition. Like if right. you put horse blinders on and you only worry about what you're doing and honing on your craft and if you're like, oh, I'm really good, I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing. And just going to go down this path. Eventually, you'll, you know, keep going and succeeding. But if you're paying attention to mm-hmm. the great, great greats and worry about their doing, that might knock you off your path a little bit and like fuck your shit up mm-hmm. because you're you're going to compare and judge. Yeah. Here's your here's your soundbite for the episode. You ready? Sure. <laughs> you guys ready? Uh, I thought you were going to play something, but it's coming no. from you, so it's no, going to be really good. good. It's going to be super good. Uh, If you are worried about being better yourself, then you're good, period. If you're worried about being better than your neighbor, then you're going to struggle. Why? Because you're now it's a, now it's a competition. My stuff's not good enough compared to them. Even though you might be at a great level, you might be at a level that's increasing, but it's always a comparison game. It's a comparison I mean, it's just one way to look at it, but you can you can look at your neighbors and and that can encourage you to do better, of course. Right. But if you're comparing to your neighbors as like I need to be better than them, then that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also creeping in sort of this competitive, jealous, envy what if, nature. What if you took inspiration from your neighbors? That's what I was going to say. What if you find them? What if that motivates you to be better, but not necessarily? the need to be better than them. Yeah. Then you're trying to be better yourself. Interesting. That's a slippery slope and a fine line. I think, I mean, to Ian's point about blinders, I think it's good to take them off and peek every once in a while, because I think that's how you learn. What are other people doing? What's working for them? But how does Mm -hmm. that fit into my own path in life? You know, how can I take that and do my own thing with it and care about my own pace and my own aspirations? while being motivated by that person doing incredible things and not bitter. Yep. What's it called? It's the keeping up with the Joneses. Is that what they say? The Ian's or no, that, but if you're, if you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses and not work on yourself, then you're, that is a slippery slope. There needs to be like a, like a Venn diagram of each side and then right in the middle is where you need to be. What does that middle look like then for you? As you're talking this out, 
I mean, for you personally, how how are you how are you walking what we're talking for you? If you can put it into words, not even necessarily just photography. I mean, you you got your hand in a lot of cool stuff. You're you're marketing whiz. You know, you're a very creative person. You find opportunity for yourself. You're very personable. You know, keep having you on the show because we like you so damn much. Oh, thanks. You know, how do you how are you learning from other things and other people? whilst saying I'm still going to do my own thing and that's cool and feeling good about that. I don't, it's like a, it's a hard question for me to answer personally because I'll have these like super highs of feeling like I'm doing all this like cool stuff. And then I'll just have these like low lows where I feel like I'm not doing anything. So interesting. I don't, I don't ever feel like I'm way up top all the time. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm like, I'm the best. I'm, I'm cool with doing this stuff. And I've had a lot of cool opportunities because there are times where I'm like, man, I'm not doing anything. I should be doing more. Right. And like, you get down on yourself. Like you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And you see other people doing this stuff and you're like, why aren't you doing that? And then something reminds you like, oh, well, you know, I did get to do this like cool thing. So I don't know. It's like up and down. I think what's interesting and not to be too tacky here, but I mean, if you don't have those low points, you don't know what those high points feel like and vice versa. I mean, if everything is just neutral, how can you have any human experience on either end of that pendulum? Makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, talk about like burnout. If you're doing job after job, after job, after job, it's like, it gets a little numb. I I find that there's, a, a gallery just fell through where I was going to put up my work, take my work down from one place and put it up. And the sense of relief I had was like, I was like, Oh, I got to notice this. Like I gotta, I gotta pay attention to this relief because it's not just another thing I'm doing and doing like one after another. It gave me a minute to be like, you know what? I'm going to put the photos back up in my house. I'm going to straighten up my living space. doesn't look like there's blank walls. And what a relief that I don't have to go set up a gallery, you know, I I, I took it, but like you can get into that, that, that habit of, or just a flow, like things are coming in and you're scheduling and it's, it's week after week after week and you're, you're editing and you're organizing and you're, you need those. I think those quiet points to say like, I'm not, not doing what I'm doing. I'm just doing a different aspect of what I do holistically. You know, it's like you don't do chest day every day at the gym. You have to give it a break and do the back, do something else. Uh, you got to like take the time like, oh, I'm still working this week. Even though I don't have a job, I'm organizing all those files from the editing, I'm getting rid of the ones I don't need. I'm, I'm circling back to those emails I missed, like whatever it is. It's just like a different flow. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. Otherwise, it gets like it gets messy. Before we continue with our episode, we'd like to take a moment to thank one of our amazing sponsors, Takara Lodge. As you know, Aaron and I recently had the opportunity to host our second annual photographer mindset retreat in Jasper National Park, and it was definitely the adventure of a lifetime. We embarked on epic excursions, witnessed breathtaking wildlife encounters, and truly immersed ourselves in the beauty of the Canadian Rockies. And when it came to finding accommodations for our crew, we wanted something more than just a basic hotel room. We wanted a place that would capture the essence of the Canadian Rockies, something cozy and something inviting. And that's when we discovered Takara Lodge. Nestled in the heart of Jasper National Park, Takara Lodge offered us an incredible home base for our trip. With stunning views of the Athabasca River and majestic mountains, their beautifully designed cabins were the epitome 
of rustic charm. It truly was a retreat within the wilderness. Each morning we woke up to amazing breakfast served by their friendly staff, fueling us for the day's adventures. And let me tell you, after those action-packed days, we slept like logs on their comfortable beds, feeling refreshed and ready for more. We were even able to view elk right there on the lodge's property. So whether you're planning an awe-inspiring photography trip, a memorable family vacation, or a romantic getaway, Takara Lodge is the perfect place to stay. Don't settle for ordinary when you can absolutely have extraordinary. Head over to TakaraLodge.com to check out their rates, rooms, and availability for your next unforgettable getaway to Jasper National Park. The link is conveniently provided in the episode description. And to make things even better, when you check in at Takara Lodge, mention the Photographer Mindset discount, reference this ad, and get 10% off when you check in at the front desk. Make your next adventure to Jasper National Park one for the books with Takara Lodge. I think people forget recovery is work and it's often yeah. the hardest thing. You know, for sure. For, for example, running, I know, again, use it as an mm-hmm. example, but it's just such a pure sport. I love running so much now and it teaches you so many things. And one of them, you know, the hardest thing for me is like a person who's very, you know, driven to always be doing something and always on their feet and like feeling like they're making progress. The hardest thing for me isn't a super difficult run. It's taking the day off because I feel like I'm wasting time. And the biggest thing for me, and this is so applicable to other, and this is why I love running because it opens your eyes to other areas of life because, you know, my personality probably creeps into that personality probably creeps into other spaces it's like me doing nothing is me working to an extent if that makes sense at all like me digesting information or taking a day off whether it's you know making good food or getting an extra hour of sleep i mean that's that is work that's part of the process and i think that recovery from anything whether it is a run or whether it is like you know pause in between shoots Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, a public service announcement to remind yourself that you're working. Just don't take yeah, too much recovery time. Because then yeah, you it's, atrophy, it's just seasons. like muscles. It's, it's <laughs> season. It's seasons. It's summer, then then winter, and everything in between. And you don't just, it's eating. It's nature. It's like, you don't just constantly eat food, take in, take in, take in. You have to rest. And you can go a long time without, you know, eating for a minute and still be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's the same it's just planning and like holistically, like it could be a really slow month, but overall it's your best year in five years. Well, and that really slow month feels awful because maybe it's the worst single singular month you've had in five years with nothing, but the holistic year has been the best in five years. Yeah. And I think being able to like step back and look in those moments and be like, well, how can I use this time wisely while I'm, you know, am I doing anything wrong? Am I messing up pitches? Am I am I losing opportunities? Do I need to rest? Do I need to organize? Like, I need to take this time to clean up before it gets busy again. Uh, Adam Coppola talked about every December to March, I think it was like that kind of time frame gets really slow, and he gets scared every year, but then it picks up in spring and summer. So he's getting used to it, and he's starting to plan for that and figure out what he should be doing during that time to make the busy time better. So I think it's just an adjustment and understanding that there's, there's nature and everything. There's like these ebbs and flows. There's, you know, forest fires and regrowth and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a graph that it's like the, the path of success is like a wavelength. Yeah. 
where it's like up and down, up and down, up and down. It's the code of the extraordinary mind. Good yeah. book. It reminds me of those posters. The code of the extraordinary mind. All right. Link in the episode description. <laughs> it reminds me of those posters where it's the cat hanging on the branch and it says hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had like third grade or fourth grade. I had the one that said, oh shit. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> no, what grade was that? And my parents took it down immediately. Second. Uh, Second yeah. grade. What do you think about all this? Aaron and I have gone on a spiel. You're sitting there looking up, which means you're thinking. I think everything's fine. I'm looking at your hair. I feel like you got did something new with it. It's flowing cabbage. Yeah. Did you recently put conditioner in it? Yeah, man. My organic lavender conditioner. <laughs> this is where you plug something. Yeah. No. No Just plug. Mountain hair. No plug. I actually only shampoo my hair twice a week. I think. Well, you got to let the natural oils get in did. there. I think yeah, putting. Uh, thing. I think washing your hair every single day is crazy. Sorry if I trigger. I don't shower people. every day. Uh, no it's crazy way. talk. No Who showers every day? I don't shower like every other. Quick rinse. Quick rinse. Oh, Nobody's Lord. told me I smell. I smell good. Anyways, thanks for the hair compliment. Sponsored by Rogan. <laughs> Just kidding. We're all natural for now. I mean, we do have. There's three of us with pretty good hair. We great cabbage. Yeah, great cabbage. <laughs> now you've done it. Great don't. Don't. Yeah. don't jinx it. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go bald. Yeah, I think I'm past the. My dad's not bald. I feel like if I was going to go bald, I'd start doing it now. Yep. But I'm Same. not a very hairy person, so I have hair where it should be. That's Are you a stressed person? Oh, I, I, I mean, I, sure, I could be stressed. No, 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 no. Like, stress. If I asked you your chronic stress load, you know? Oh, like just like a, the stress you sit 10? with daily on a one to 10. 10 is like extremely detrimental. It's going to kill you in a few years. One, you're, you know, Buddhist Zen. Where do you sit? Where, where, where do you carry that stress daily on that spectrum? I think my stress, I probably, I probably floated a four. A four? That's pretty good. I mean, I don't really stress about a lot of, I feel like that's a good question to ask yourself. Be honest. I worry about stuff that I can control. How did you come to that number? Like, did you, did you feel it in your body or you just like, you just like do a little quick head check? You asked me one to 10 and four came to mind. So I feel like that was a good, good number to shoot out. I'm not a very stressed person, but I'm also not stress free because, you know, there's stuff to stress about like your health or bills or, you know, like I own a house. So what if my roof decides to cave in for some reason? I mean, there are normal things to stress about, but I'm not, I would say a four. I'm a four. I floated a four. That's nice. That's I'm nice staying number. with it. I'm locking in at four. Locking in at four. Do you think being at one is a place to strive for it? Do you think it's good? I think if you don't stress about anything, you'll end up dead. <laughs> huh. But huh? if you stress, if you stress too much, you'll end you up could dead. end up dead as well. I think if you're anyone, you're going to end up dead. <laughs> yeah, but like if you don't stress about anything, you're going to walk into traffic. Or just eat that sugary donut every day. You know, like if you don't stress about anything, you're, you're not going to make it. This is true. But if you're too stressed, you're going to be afraid to go outside and you're going to die inside. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You asked me, I put myself at, uh, 
put myself at a three. Good. I was I was hoping you weren't going to do like a five because there's no way you stress more than no. I do. There's no way. I think I'm at a three. If you guys are four and three, I'm like a point <laughs> four. Aaron's very point four. Yeah. I you know I felt I wanted to say two, but I didn't want to be that guy because Ian would suggest that I walk into traffic. <laughs> I can, no, I, don't see, I can see you being like a one, like a point five one. I do pretty well. It's all but, the voice, though. Yeah, but what that's part. I think the voice is telling. Voice is like a uh, someone's voice. Okay, I used to listen to what was it? Um, every once in a while, the podcast Doctor Drew and Adam um Corolla. Oh, I remember that. And Didn't they people do a call in show on MTV too. Yeah, you, back in the day. What was it called? Uh Love Line. Yes. Uh, someone would call in with a problem or like uh, uh this is what's going on and they would pause it and they'd go like she's she or he or whomever was calling in like they've had they've had some serious trauma. Like they've had they have some issues. Like they could hear it and they were 99% they would ask, like, what's what happened? Like something happened. Uh what like where's this coming from? And they they could hear it every single time. Mm-hmm. So I think in the voice, sometimes if you talk to someone for long enough, you can hear a level of anxiety or panic or stress or chillness. And everyone fluctuates. You're not always a four. You might run out of seven sometimes. Mm-hmm. You might run out of one sometimes. If things are cool and you're sitting on your couch and things are gravy. Watching your favorite TV show. Uh, he's running at seven podcast. right now because we're grilling him. Yeah, he's like shaking. I see him. He's like, because I do that. <laughs> You're like bouncing. No. My dog came up and she's like begging for a pet, so I gave her a little bit. Oh, that's oh. what that was. Well, now you're at a, you're at a one. Aaron, why are you at a, why are you at point one? I'm not. I'm just, I was just. No, 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 no. no, no. I would I would agree that you you manage stress well. How? Because you How? live such a busy life. You know, we don't need to, we don't need to, we all live busy, busy lives. I get it. Uh, I'm not saying you have more important things or busier uh, yeah. lives than other people, but you have a lot going on and I'm curious to know how you manage that. Cabin shoots, podcasts, sun, golf, exercise, family, you know, all, I probably listed a quarter of the things you got going on. You're stressing me out listening. Yeah. That's what the three. You no, manage it well. It like. You manage yeah, it well. Man. If someone asked you how do you like your top three things that work for you personally, what would they be? I, I can get into like a complainy thing. Um, <laughs> Poopy pants. Yeah, I can. I like I can get, and that usually comes with stress. Like if I, if I'm if stress goes up, I'll be like I ah, like I'll just start complaining about stuff. And but I I hear it. I feel like I have a separation between self and. Uh, being like like a a bird's eye view of what's going on, so there's like I'm in my head, but I also can really quickly remove and be like, "Oh, you're you're stressed about the school year starting up. Um, you you get paid really nicely. You're you're helping kids. What if one kid says like you're the guy that changed his life 20 years from now? Like you have a good job. Like go go back to work and enjoy it." Uh, like I, I'm, I'm good at that self-talk thing where I don't allow that 
negative vortex to get out of hand where you get like anxious, 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 and it's doomsday. I can't believe I have to go back to work. This sucks. Uh, summer off was so great. And they just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I'm quick at hearing myself be like, meh. And then I go like, oh, all right, big picture. Um, all those things we talk about. And if, if they're cliche, I apologize, but like I have my health, uh, my son's health. Um, I have a roof over my head, like all those things that we're complaining about or we get stressed about. It's pretty quick to look at and be like, damn, pretty freaking lucky overall. And I can sit in that pretty easily. Um, Try not to have a lot of head trash. Yeah. Head trash. And I think organization and like, you said a few episodes back, Seth, like the, the cleanliness kind of can clear the mind, like things like that. Like I I cleaned upstairs (laughs) and it's a really nice yeah, more. Ian just cleaned, and he. Yes, I, bet, I, I bet it feels good. I to clean because I knew I wasn't going to be comfortable tonight talking to you guys if my office was all like shit ass. You know? Well, yeah, well, but doesn't yeah, it yeah, help? Why? That's that's doesn't it help your brain? I've always been the type of person. I'm I'm usually pretty clean, and all my stuff's pretty organized anyway. But for example, if if I were to go buy a new TV for my living room. Mm-hmm. My living room needs to be spotless and clean and put together before the TV gets unboxed and installed. I don't know why I've been like that. I've always been like that. If I bring something new into my office, my office has to be clean and spotless. Um, if I buy a new accessory or or something for my truck, my truck needs to be detailed, cleaned, and washed before that thing gets put on it. So I knew that we were meeting up for a podcast tonight and that gave me the motivation to clean and detail and dust and make my office spotless. And nobody could even see it but me. <laughs> so like it's true. It just makes me feel comfortable in my quote unquote environment, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. I would almost right. I would maybe even this may be a stretch, but I don't know. You tell me what you think. But I would almost go as far as to say that may have something to do with you, whether consciously or subconsciously, ensuring that your material things, your these things you've put your hard-earned money into, for example, the TV, making sure that you know it serves you the best that it can in its function. And I feel like when you get into a very messy space with tons of stuff, and you're not, you don't meticulously care for how it looks or where it's placed or what's around it, you know, clutter. I think you get to a point where you start to become a slave to those things, if that makes sense. It does. Mm-hmm. It also kind of like reflect in your everyday life and work and what you do. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you live in a dirty, crappy, cluttered environment, I feel that's going to be your output as well. Yeah. That's what yeah. they say about there's uh, social psychology uh, experiments and research with like neighborhoods that like one building gets boards on, on the windows or one gets a broken window. That's, that's bad news because now all the buildings are going to get broken windows. So they, you'll see, they tend to like board up buildings that are, have that potential. So it just doesn't happen and it doesn't spread. Um, and I, I find that with the house, like if your house is a disaster, it's much easier to throw 
a pile of laundry or this thing of lens caps or whatever, like on the table, because there's already seven other piles versus if it's perfectly clean, you, to me, at least for me, to walk over and then make another mess or a new mess is way harder. Like it's like, nah, just take the extra time to keep mm-hmm. this clean because it's already mm-hmm. clean. And I, I just did, like I said, I did a big upstairs. Like I, I put the photos back where they were. Now the walls are the way they were. It looks like a living space, and my mood and mentality has increased. I'm just gonna make a number up, but eighty percent. Like it, it, it is noticeably different since I've cleaned upstairs. It like feels good to be up there versus like this sort of anxious. Blah. Like down here is a disaster. That's the next step because I got all my music stuff and and uh, and camera stuff, but it's it's cluttered down here. I would rather much be upstairs. Your environment needs to be clean and peaceful though, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're out in the world, everything's chaotic and fast moving and there's horns beeping and there's bills and all this other stuff going on and stress and you have a boss or a cops speeding ticket, just stuff like that. When you come home, if your house or your living space is also chaotic, there's like no time for like relaxing. So you like, that's why I like to keep myself like clean and peaceful. So you have a place to just be like, ugh. now I can right. just do nothing for a, a few hours or a few days or whatever. And just totally decompress. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for, uh, you know, love or hate the guy. This isn't the point. This is, I'm bringing up this concept cause I like it. The, uh, Jordan Peterson concept of making one room in your house as beautiful as it can be something you're really proud of, something that you can do exactly like what you just said. You can feel totally chill, centered, calm, and relaxed in. I like that idea a lot. Uh, so what's next on the plate, though? What do you got? What do you got coming up? Um, actually, I have this cool thing coming up in oh. October. I'm actually going to shoot one of Chris Adelia's shows when he comes to um, Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. Which yeah so that i mean that'll be fun he's a comedian i've filed for a while and um i got the opportunity to meet him and take photos of one of his shows so that'll be cool in october so like what i'm looking forward to i want to talk about that because at some point i want to i would like to try concert photography or something of the like um how do you get into something like that? That's a big name. He's a he's on Netflix. Am I right? He's he's got some comedy oh, specials. Comedian has a podcast. How I got into that? Yeah, no, but like, how do you get into that? I'm going to shoot his show when he's in Pittsburgh. I just DM'd him. That was, that was it. yeah. It wasn't like nobody contacted me. That um for some reason, um, I'll send him stuff and he opens my DMs and we'll chat for like like seconds you know there, there's yeah. there's rapport there and um I, I went and saw his shows i saw two of his shows and then i noticed he was coming back to pittsburgh and i was just like hey is there any way that you could let me shoot a show or like get backstage or something like that and he just was like yeah sure huh. he was like hit me up closer to the show and we can make it happen and that's pretty much how it happened cool so you just slipped into the DMs. That's it. Yeah. You've heard it here first, folks. You just kind of ask sometimes. If you don't, if you don't knock on the door, it can't open. That's super cool, man. Congrats. Just a DM. Wow. 
I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, I had a, here's like where I you get all awkward because they say congrats or that you're doing something cool and you're like, it's not, oh, yeah, I cool. hate, I, I, just I, take I the damn compliment, sir. I don't, I don't know. I just deflect and, um, but yeah, I mean, there was like a rapport there. So it wasn't like I just DM'd him out of the blue. Like he kind of knew who I was in a sense of he has talked to me before. It wasn't like, hey, you know, I want to go do this. Important so point. What's that? That's an important point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, most people would try and cut to the chase. Yeah, I know. I, I hate when I get those DMs. It's like, hey, how do I be an ambassador too? And I'm like, like, I don't like, I, like, can you talk to me first or something? Can say, hey, how are you? Yeah, or or just something. Or I love the I love the people that I didn't do that to you for the record. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I did that because I wanted to. Um, but I'll get I'll get I'll look at my phone and I'll like be on Instagram and I'll get like let's say twenty likes in a row and I'll get a DM and I'll open the DM and it's like, hey man, caught you on the photographer mindset. Loved your stuff. Your stuff's so great. And then I'm like, oh cool, thanks. And then they don't follow you. But they'll just like <laughs> like bomb you and then DM you and then they're like, I don't like it enough. I love that. I like it, but it was it was okay. Like, Maybe I don't they like, like your personality and not your photos. I mean, that's fair. I know. And then they're like, Well, I don't ever want to hear it again, so I'm not gonna follow. Yeah. No. Stay yeah. Tuned. They didn't realize you were a, it would be your fifth, sixth time on the show. Yeah. The uh it's not follow worthy. Aaron, let's embarrass like Ian. Love. Let's embarrass Ian. Why do we keep having him back? Um I ask. No. Well, I mean, the, we'll the, just that other person canceled stuff. is really the truth. <laughs> Wait, what? The other person canceled. That's true. That's always it. The person always cancels. No. We, go, we got Ian. Just kidding. That's why you're always like, hey, can you do this in 10 minutes? Are you available <laughs> Never now? Never has that happened. I actually um, scheduled a week out, bud. That's true. You know what? He's a friend of the show. And at this point, uh, it's always a good talk. We get into some good stuff. It's casual. It's a, it's a, it's a palate cleanser. That's, that's what you have to Ian, do. You're a palate cleanser. I hope, um, I hope you take that in the spirit in which it's intended. He's yeah, the no, cucumber right. you bite into in between taste testing, like different sushis or something. He's the ginger. Yeah. Ginger is what you do. Yes. Yeah. Right. We, we just know, we know how it's going to go for the most part and we enjoy it. Do you guys have AirTags? I just bought one. I've been thinking for an excuse to buy one, but I, I don't have a good enough reason to buy an AirCase. I mean, Air AirTag. And then I saw these dog collars that had them on there. I was like, well, that'd be cool. Yeah, mm. that's, a good, that's a good reason. So, I mean, if she does run away or something. And gets near anyone that has an iPhone, right? That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She can't or, go straight into the like, woods. Slip one in somebody's car and monitor where they are all the time. It warns you. I, Aaron's, Aaron's got the air tag in, in a nutcase. I copied him. Yeah, I'm imitating him. Like for your luggage, for my carry on with all my um, camera gear in it. I just hit, now everyone knows, so when they steal it, they can remove it. But I hid one in there. Mine in a nutcase is freaking insane. I used it as my closet travel carry on and car shelving. It's a three in one deal for me. That's how I use it. And it's it's nonstop. I never unpack it. I have it never? systematically packed the way I like it for travel. It's ready to go. 
So I'm copying, I'm copying Aaron now. Haley bought me the exact same wheelable case from Nanook as a gift. Uh, I think the exact same color too, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. She printed off my photography logo too as a sticker using her Cricut machine. So it looks all, the case looks all custom. It's pretty bomb. I've had it for about two weeks now. Can roll it out from underneath the bed, flip it open, gets my gear off the shelf. It's bomb, man. Uh, I'm actually taking it on its first trip. Its first trip will be to Nanook Polar Lodge in Manitoba next week, which is funny coincidence. I bet not too many people can say their first uh, first trip with a Nanook case was actually to Nanook, but I'll probably want to get another bigger one down the road for, for checked baggage or for podcast gear, maybe even my drone, but uh, we'll put a link uh, We'll put a link to their site in the episode description, I think, just so people can check it out. We're not affiliated, but uh, nice to provide a link and reference what uh, what we're using. Yeah, they're awesome. It's 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 useful. It, it's easy to carry on the plane. So I bring that, my photo bag, um, and I'm set to go. No, one of the dudes I traveled with had uh, air tags and all his luggage, and he yeah. pulled up his thing, and he was he could like keep track of all of them. It was like pretty cool. They were labeled like bag one, two, three. That is cool for if they lose your bags, you know where they are. Yeah, but if someone steals it, here's the thing with air tags: it it warns the person that has an iPhone. Like, hey, did you know there's an air tag near you? Oh yeah. Well, so then they can search for it. Well, that was only because didn't they only start putting that warning on it like a few years ago because people were tracking things to, to track people. Yeah. Yep. Stalker boyfriend. Unbeknownst to them. Unbeknownst. Anyway. Uh, anywho, air tags used to follow people. What else we got, gents? That was cool about Mr. Beast, man. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, we got a little deep halfway through, around the 40-minute mark, I guess. I don't know. I always get it wrong because I edit, and then so whatever I reference as the minute mark is always wrong, and people are like, it's not. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're wrong! Yeah. Like, I, I wrote down at 25, 25.50, uh, you sounded like a dum-dum, and I'm going to ask you to... I sounded like a dum-dum? No, I did. That's You're 25. Thank you. Right? So I went through, con, you know, construct. And I took up the pen and went 25. Wait, why'd you sound like a dum dum? Yeah, what'd you say? Why I, said, you... I said contentment instead oh. of content. Oh. See, I, I think contemptment means like anger. Hmm. See, I stumble on words too. And, and the worst part Contempt. is like, you know, you stumble on it and you try to go back and fix it. And then you're like, I'm stumbling more. I'm making it worse. It's just like I'm, I'm digging in repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. And earlier, Seth was like, hey, so how you think about And we were both, and you try to put the words together, and we were both like, yeah, I agree. And yeah, the um, only thing you could do is just laugh. <laughs> like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Totally think, agree. Oh, um, shit. I don't know if he asked the question or. Yeah, you you're like crystal clear. You guys are mean. No, we were trying to save it because sometimes it comes back. Sometimes it bounces back, and then it, we're good. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for it to come back. I do not but. endorse Starlink right now. Sometimes pretty spotty during these. But is that your internet? Yeah. Hopefully, Elon gets some more satellites up. That it is like cuts weird... in and out because I think it loses the satellite, and then it has to wait for another. Ah, uh, the cut pass through. Yeah. See, hmm. my internet is. I have, I have Xfinity from Verizon. I don't know what that is. Can I tell Verizon? Anyway, man. See how I say that? Like you, you have Verizon over there. You have to. Yeah, I do. 
I don't have that. Oh, Canada. Canada. Okay. Thanks for coming it's on. Again. Is there anything else you want to say? No, just always appreciate it. It's always fun coming on here and just bullshitting with two two dudes. Having fun I don't think we bullshit it today. I think we. Uh, I had fun. I'm gonna write you That's down in my win. I'm gonna write this episode down in my wins for the day. Had a good podcast episode with Aaron and Mr. Jones. Good talk. Good that talk. goes to a bullshit. Little bit of inspiration, then we then we bounce back. Good stuff. <laughs>